Genesis Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello and welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 9, season 21. Um, thank you for joining us, thank you for um, downloading the podcast. Uh, normally we start in a very happy-go-lucky and, and you know we all take the mick and have a giggle and that's how we normally start an episode. Um, doesn't feel right this week, doesn't feel right. We lost two of the rally family last weekend. Um, we don't always acknowledge things like this. Um, sometimes it feels right, sometimes it feels wrong. But in this instance, to, to, to lose two people in the space of kind of 48 hours in the sport that we all know and love, it feels ro- wrong not to acknowledge it. And we lost Laura Salvo, uh, who was only 21, very much starting out in her career and, and, and doing some great things. And Toto Coniglio who is obviously a little bit later in their career as well, uh, age 54. And we just wanted to, to, to acknowledge the fact that we lost to Rally family and, and, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to those who are left behind. Um, during, you know, the troubled times, not the easiest times for anyone in the world at the moment, but, you know, coupled with this as well, uh, I couldn't even imagine to, to begin to process what, what the nearest and dearest to be going through. So our thoughts go out to, to, to those families and friends of, of these great rally people that we've lost. Um, this week we've got, uh, Jack and Trev with us. Trev, uh, is this something that's, you know, obviously we've all competed at various levels. Obviously you've competed at the, the, the highest level. Um, how do you square the circle? Obviously you, you, you don't compete anymore, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's such a difficult, subject to, to 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 discuss or not even even mention it's like in my head i always uh, even acknowledging it is something which i find just doesn't sit well with me at all it's almost like i need to pretend these things don't happen yeah and clearly in situations like this i'm personally struggling to to talk about it but it's um over over my years of competing i certainly lost plenty of people um, who have been close friends and colleagues and mentors and all that side of it. And anybody that's sat in a rally car, you know, the driver's seat or the passenger seat, will understand why these people do it. I will understand the excitement that these people have on their way to a rally and competing on a rally, the satisfaction they get at the end of it. And their families go on that journey with them, which is what I've always said. You know, the, the families go and they enjoy it like my family did with my career. And what that has led to now, even just doing this podcast, you know, I know, I know my family would be proud of me doing this. Theirs would be exactly the same. And it's it's just one of those situations, anybody looking into me outside who doesn't understand motorsport will see it as a waste, but they don't understand it. That's the key. And if they did understand it, they'd know why these people and their families are fully supportive of what to do. In situations like this, the first thoughts have to go to the drivers and the families and the close friends how you go through that how you how you survive that we know people like Craig Breen carry that with them and they make it a positive hopefully those families and drivers will be able to do the same in this situation I think just to build on what Trev said Tony I think um, you know like you know he's quite rightly pointed out that um, you have to think about the families in this situation and there's to be honest there's not a lot you can say in this situation that can that can give anyone comfort but the one thing that we can do um you know, as well as celebrating these people's memories and, and, and carrying them forward with their results and achievements that these drivers have, you know, in the future. What we can do is use this to remind everyone that 
you know, motorsport is a dangerous sport and it's, you know, it's the oldest cliche in the book when it comes to, to motorsport. But, you know, we all know people who, who have been lost to, to, to various different types of motorsport. And, you know, we all carry those people with us in, in our memories. But, you know, what we have to do at this point is, you know, use them as, uh, you know, fuel to make sure, you know, this doesn't happen again. And, you know, some of the accidents we see in rallying are so bizarre and, and unusual that, you know, there's not always something that can be done, but what we must do in, in, in these situations always is learn as much as we can from the incidents and do our best to make sure that, you know, cars are, are built in a way that is protecting the drivers and that we're using the, the, the newest materials, the best materials to make sure that, um, you know, the cars are performing well in accidents and, and, and trying to make sure this, this never happens again. That's the, that's the lesson we have to take from these instances. Jens, well said. Um, and, uh, yeah, well said. I'm going to go with the, the, the attitude. Uh, and I don't say this flippantly. I say it because of, of, of what we are and what we do. And because of, uh, rally fans being rally fans the way we are, I'm going to take Timu's attitude for the rest of the podcast. I'm just going to fucking send it in for the rest of the podcast. Hey, so guys, uh, go for it. There you go. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So, um, boys, uh, Thank you for that. We, we, we are going to talk rally sorting, you know, amongst lots of other things that have happened over the last seven or eight days. Um, Jack, I'll come to you first. Um, to me, um, and there's been, it's been, uh, there's a lot being said, of course, about, you know, I think it was the, 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 most, the closest top three I think we've had in WRC, uh, which I think is an amazing statistic in itself. Um, I was again, and I'm going to get shot down here from a man over in Australia, I'm sure I will. Um, I'm talking about, I'm talking about Elvin. Elvin, Elvin did everything he needed to do and didn't get sucked in and still got amazing points. Yeah. Can't, can't disagree with anything you've said there. Um, I think it was a good performance, Melvin, and didn't need to get himself into a, you know, um, well, just that. Because he doesn't need to chase anymore, doesn't he? He doesn't need to, he just needs to do what he's doing, it, it, and that's that's gonna that's gonna be good enough. That's the that's the irony behind all this. He needs to just keep doing what he's well, doing. Well, in itself, you've mentioned the the narrowest battle in you know WRC history for the top three. Why, why would Elvin try and get involved in that? He didn't need to. You know, it's not it's not what he's trying to achieve at the moment. And you know, th- this is what championship uh, campaigns are built on. You know, they're not built on winning every rally. Just like uh, in any form of motorsport, you know, you don't win every race or every rally that you compete in. You know, you have to have a strategy and you have to take the maximum points available to you on any given event. And Elvin's not put uh, his team or his points in jeopardy at all um, with, with his performance. And he got the uh, the luckiest. Well, maybe not. Well, it, it is lucky to him because he had no control over it. Um, you know, Thierry. Uh, overhaul in uh, Sebastian in, in, in the last stage, that's going to have massive implications for the championship, um, unless both the last rallies are cancelled, in which case it'll mean absolutely nothing at all. But the, the, <laughs> the, gap is, the gap is 14 now, and it would have been 10. Now, theoretically... Um, Sebastian could have finished behind Elvin on one of the on the one of the next two rallies if he'd have won both the power stages to to pull back that ten point gap, um, but that's not going to be possible now. The gap's fourteen, so uh, he's going to have to really haul some points back on, on on Elvin and hope that Elvin has some problems. So it's it's going to be an interesting battle. Obviously, there's lots of permutations that can happen and, lo- and lots of different things. You know, one of the rallies could run, one of them couldn't. They both might run or they both might not run. But um, you know, I think Elvin did um, you know exactly what he needed to do to last weekend. Trevor, am I am I seeing that 
that situation through the benefit of hindsight as opposed to the reality always was your take on it as well that this is this is this is this it was a disciplined performance yeah he probably could have gone a little bit faster and i think he acknowledged that in the second pass of the stages what was really interesting though was that he didn't get rattled by cleaning the road whereas sebastian ogier who's been in this situation loads of times in the past for some reason this weekend it really affected him and it's upset him and it got him going it got him into uh wars of words with eve maton and even talking about guest drivers as regards danny sort of running uh and being able to uh take advantage of that which he does really well and uh yeah, so that was interesting for me, uh, OJ's approach and, and the fact that he got rattled in this case. Uh, but clearly, uh, Elvin, Scott and everybody involved with their performance over the weekend understood that fourth was probably good enough. Ideally, you can get on the podium. But what, have been, what might have been really interesting is if uh, if the gap had been more than 10 seconds at the end of it. In other words, if team orders had to come into play, which could have been in Hyundai, where where Neville was gifted the win and sort of dropping down. Uh, that could have been an interesting thing. So it had it been the other way around then, clearly uh, Ogier, who's probably a bigger threat than the rest of them, would have came away with less points. But even, as you say, so Scott Martin has a 14-point lead going into the next round over Julian Gracia, and that's got to be a good thing. <laughs> right. Um, uh, I want to talk about... Um, Basically, what's what we're now starting to see, obviously, with these events, is that a does it feel like there's a, a bit more of a, a sprint attitude to them, Jack? To you, or again, am I just overthinking this because they, they seem to feel like the shorter, even though this was a three day event, is did they seem to be a bit more of a uh, at the uh, as a sprint, there's no better word actually, I'll just repeat the same point. Does it feel more like a sprint to you? Uh, it's it's an interesting question, I think. I think what we're seeing is so much uncertainty um, that it that it really doesn't allow the teams and drivers to plan, and it and it kind of it means that we don't know. Obviously, you never know what's going to happen in a in a rally, and you know I might be talking uh, out of my rear end here, but I think there's less time to plan for the for the teams and drivers. There's more uncertainty about what's going to happen, and that makes the events more unpredictable. And I think the the, the back and two battles that we're seeing is making it feel like it's going quicker when in actual fact, obviously, you know, most of the events have been a similar length or, or a bit shorter. And yeah, like you said, you know, most of them have been three day events. So yeah, I think, I think it's just a lot of uncertainty over what's happening both in the, in the kind of championship battle and also, you know, not knowing what's going to happen with the calendar. You know, the, the, the drivers didn't even know whether we were going to get, um, you know, a, a restart to the season a few months ago. And, and now here we are and potentially, you know, looking at two more events or we might have two more events cancelled. We don't know. So um, I think it's just the unpredictability that is making things feel like everything's a lot closer together and, and everything's happening a lot quicker. When in actual fact, I, I don't think it is. Trev, um, you've done Sardinia and something that I picked up on from the coverage, of course, um, we're now it's been moved to later in the year. So where is it? Probably, um, probably it would have been a lot. Heart, you know, there was a lot of talk with regards to compounds of tyres and stuff like that. Now, I think when you did it, it was probably still around that June or, you know, May, June time. Obviously, we're now later in the year, so there's a bit more moisture in the air there. Um, how dramatically does that change what they've had historically for this event over the last couple of years when it comes to kind of set up and things like that from, from your point of view? 
Uh, yeah, tires is the thing. You know, t- traditionally in Sardinia, the second pass in particular, when you get to the hottest part of the day, you'll run a hard tire. Um, again, I haven't really looked at the, the minutia and the detail of the event as to how that happened. Uh, Jack, do you have you heard the real reason what happened to Tannock in the first loop? So suspension issues, what exactly did that mean? Did, did we get any detail on that or are they keeping it a secret? No, I haven't seen anything followed up after that, but, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to know uh, what's happened there for sure. That's a strange one. Now, that could be shock absorbers. It could be uh, spring rates at the change. So clearly it's going to affect traction, which is potentially how you'd lose the time and, and typically a sandy surface. But that was a strange one, wasn't it? Uh, that's the thing that confused me. Uh, yeah, but Sardinia is traditionally a rough rally, the second pass in particular. And uh, we saw plenty of stone walls as well, which has happened over not the first year I did it way back in 2005, but more towards the south in the middle of the island when we start to get down towards the beaches uh, where you saw the power stage and we saw what happened with uh, Takamoto. Um, and I remember AP uh, when he was, I think it's the first year, the latest generation, Fabia. He went into a wall as well, 2015 was there with WRC Radio. So, yeah, it, it does change. The conditions do change, second pass. Uh, but, yeah, you're, you're right. Maybe the temperature has affected tyre choice and that played a little bit into it, but not too much. You know, you, you talked about the sprint events, and they are all, every single rally is a sprint event now. Uh, there's nobody sitting back and saying, right, I'll just take it marginally easier this time. Um, and even if you were sat in with Elvin Evans, you wouldn't notice a difference in the way he drove that car. Maybe in the real dangerous places, he might have backed off a little bit, but the margins are so small that you wouldn't really notice it, to be honest. You know? uh, just that ability to be able to get the car through, which he's proved in Turkey, Turkey, and, and also uh, on the last rally, that consistency, that looking after the car seems to be standing Elvin in good stead. Um, uh, we, we should... We should probably mention, um, there's a couple of drivers we should probably mention aside from, obviously I started off there with, with, with Elvin. Um, Timu Jack, um, just, uh, such great value on the, on, on day one, you know, to take, uh, was it 12, 13 seconds out of everybody on one stage? I thought, gee, is this the coming of age of Timu? Is this it? Is this is what we've been waiting for? It's a, uh, it was a pretty good performance, wasn't it? You can't argue with that for sure. And, uh, yeah, through the first stage, obviously, um, Lappy was second quickest as well. So, um, M Sport clearly done the homework there with that stage and, and made sure they were, you know, ready to, to come out of the gates and, uh, you know, be absolutely, uh, ready to go. And, uh, Timo did lose a bit of time to Sordo on the second stage, but was still second fastest. So, um, yeah, some, some good early pace from him. It's just, um, you know, it's always been the same with Timu and it's what we've been waiting for for a few years now is for him to, you know, put the consistency together and, um, you know, keep the, keep the, the performance going over a, over a whole rally. And, you know, obviously I think it's clear that the Toyota and the Hyundai are, are a bit clear of, uh, of, of M Sport at the minute, but Timu seems to be doing a, a fairly uh, consistent job and he needs to, to keep that up. And yeah, I guess, um, you know, it's quite a, an interesting subject. I guess you have to break down how competitive the Fiesta is before you start working out how, you know, good Timu and, and, and Ezra Pekka have been. But, um, you know, I think Timu's, um, you know, been on, been on, uh, Ezra Pekka's pace most of the rallies and, uh, vice versa. So they, they, you know, I think Ezra Pekka's highly rated. So, you know, Timu can be around that pace and I think, um, he's doing a good job. I think so too. I think so too. Um, I wanted to talk about, uh, Trev, I'll come to you first on this one because it, it, I know you love a, 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 an FIA technicality. Um, 
the uh, incident where obviously all the cars, or certainly all the Hyundai's, were pulled in by the FIA, and obviously there was um, some parts slightly underweight. Yeah, well, there's one part and one car was underweight from what I saw. Uh, yeah. The other car seemed to be okay, and well, let's put it down to an oversight that the quality control wasn't wasn't where it should have been with that. And it just shows you, it just for those people who don't understand the level of detail, what you've got to do uh, in a manufacturer. You think of all the different parts that are on a car, and some are judged by weight. If you don't quality control that part and it comes in, there's implications are as, as you saw at the weekend but you know this precedent set from Stewart's decisions on on Stewart's uh, sorry decisions on, on rallies and we saw all sorts of different uh, things the one I thought of was way back in 2005 uh, the Cropless rally where we did uh, a stage around the Olympic Park 72,000 people watching it I remember it well because I was at Mark Higgins in the focus and we got beat by Sebastian Loeb by one tenth of a second, otherwise it wouldn't lead in the Acropolis rally overnight. But on the exit of that, there was a, there was a wear bridge. All three Subarus got wed. All three Subarus, and I think it was Gigi Jolly, Gigi Galley and the Mitsubishi were all underweight. That resulted in a fine, uh, where potentially those cars could have been kicked out of the rally. Later on the same year, Mark Higgins and I took a spare wheel in Argentina, which we realised when we were leaving the service park, notified the scrutineers, we're not going to use it. You can see it brand new and you come back in. Did all of that, come back in, they threw us out of the rally. So, you know, that's the situation. Sometimes it works for you, sometimes it works against you. And, you know, it, stewards will go on precedent in situations like that, irrespective of what people say and think. But reading between the lines is probably just... Uh, an oversight and Hyundai's quality control issues around that. Should there be should be a tolerance level though? Surely there's got to be some kind of tolerance one way or the other on these types of things. Well, there probably is a tolerance in the way of it. There might be. I don't know what the rules are around it, mm. but okay. Yeah, is, if it's five grams or whatever, twenty grams or whatever, is it going to be a performance? Or more importantly, is it something that was strengthened? Clearly, it wouldn't, but you'd be able to see the strengthening on it. But uh, yeah, it's. Every team's going to be affected and things like this over the years, so you've got to just lap it up and move on, I think. Okay, okay. Um, uh, we want to, I just wanted to just look at um, the driver um, situation with regards to points. Obviously, Elvin's um, now got a 14 point lead, Jack, as, uh, as you've just alluded to. Obviously, Thierry's now only eight points behind Sebastian Ogier. Um, if we're going to go with the the fact that, and we're going to talk about Monza again in a second, but we've got Ypres and Monza coming up. Um, how far back, realistically, do you think we can go? Do we still do we still have do we still have Oit in there? Oh, it's tricky, isn't it? I don't even know where to where to start with it because the, it's 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 one thing working out the permutations of how the championship's going to be won, but it's another wondering if two of the events are going to happen, isn't it? <laughs> so uh, yeah. I think- well, that's why we let's just go with they're going to run. Let's be positive. Let's go. Let's go with we're going to have both of the events. So, well, yeah. In that case, you know, you've got to count Oit in it, really, haven't you? Um, you know, it's unlikely for for sure. But you know, if 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 Thierry's in it, then Oit's in it, really, and uh, they're both going to be uh, very competitive when it comes to Monza. The the well, Thierry especially has done the event. Um, did he co-drive for Mickelson a few years ago, or did Mickelson co-drive for him? I can't remember which way around that was. But anyway, 
he's been there in a WRC car and has done the event before. So um, the, the the Friday and Sunday will be uh, quite nice for him, I imagine, knowing uh, roughly what kind of uh, surface he's going to be on and, and what kind of layouts they use and, and all that kind of stuff. Whereas obviously the Toyota boys are going to be a bit more... Uh, um, you know, kind of um, not at home with uh, the the Monza stuff, but obviously they're going out on the Saturday, and um, these guys with a two pass recce will be, uh, you know, absolutely on it. So there's no uh, nothing to worry about with the Saturday for the for the closed road stuff. I don't think, but yeah, it's going to be, you know, honestly, it's going to be completely up in the air. I think, um, you know, even if we get two events, I think Elvin's still, you know, comfortably the favourite for me, and uh, I think uh, everybody else is an outsider. Um, but but as we've said in these situations before, you never rule out Sebastian Ogier. I think. Um, my my personal take on last weekend, um, which probably doesn't quite fit in with what Trevor was saying earlier, is that um, you know he knows how to win a championship, and whether that's uh, getting the most points out of a rally or playing some mind games with the opposition, um, I think that's all that was over the weekend. I don't think there was um, particular frustration. He knows how up in the air the rest of 2020 is, um, and he knows exactly how far behind he is behind, and he's not going to throw his toys out the pram. You know, I think he's just uh, stoking Hyundai up a bit there and trying to uh, wind them up a little bit, and I think uh, it'd be very interesting to see how that kind of plays out over the next couple of rounds as well. Well, you say that as well, of course, and there was the comments with regards to Ypres and Alan Panas. So he, he definitely, there was definitely some, what, 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 you know, whether there was whether it was in playing mind games or whether there was a genuine frustration. But clearly, Hind, I were very much on on his on, on his list of people not to. Not to be uh, not to be sending Christmas cards to Jack. Yeah, that's what I was referring to. Uh, obviously, him uh, mentioning the link between um, Hyundai's team manager Alan Panas and his long time involvement in the Ypres rally. Um, I think um, Alan goes back to his teenagers in, in that rally, but he's definitely been part of the organising team for for many, many, many years and uh, had some nice conversations about Alan remembering. Um, when the fans were like too deep on the recce watching the the guys in the 70s and 80s and uh, you know remembers uh, Pondy winning in the in the triumph there um had to get a Pondy mention in while Ryan's not here didn't we because otherwise he'll throw his toys out the prime the next time he's here but uh yeah uh, he's a he's a rally man Alan but um I don't think there's any real uh you know kind of uh, benefit to having him on on the inside of the rally for Hyundai and actually Sebastian didn't uh, accuse him of anything he just kind of mentioned it in passing and then said I'm not going to talk about that further um, or, well, obviously I'm paraphrasing oh, that's phrasing. loaded though isn't it that's, yeah, that's exactly, loaded exactly, to say that exactly yeah. was, but, but that, that's why I think he's playing mind games because he knows exactly what he's saying and you know if he really wanted to get into that he could have been a lot more specific and talked about it for a lot longer but I think he I genuinely just think he's using every uh, weapon in his arsenal he knows he's behind in the championship and he, you know Obviously, uh, Hyundai are behind him at the minute um, in, in terms of the drivers' championship. But um, you know, I still think he's just using everything that he's got at his disposal to wind people up. And uh, you know, I think he's got a good relationship with Elvin. They've they've always got on since they were teammates at, at M Sport, and they've they've got a good relationship. But I think he. Um, I think if he's got an opportunity to to wind up the opponents and, and take some of them out of play by by winding them up a bit, I think he'll do it. I think you need to be careful. You don't poke the bear too much, though. You know, if I under I've got a couple of if I under I've got a couple of twenty seventeen cars sitting about and they decide, tell you what, we'll just run them as course cars uh, before Elvin gets through the stage on, on Ape. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> well, to to be fair, of course, there was images of, of of Craig going out and doing doing a warm up event at the weekend. Yeah, uh, so- which, which, which you know, which again, high and I will rally car doing doing a warm up event for Ypres. But you you think of the number of times that 2017 Hyundai's have been through roads in Belgium, irrespective of what part of Belgium it's in. Uh, I don't know a Toyota has actually been there before. Uh, and again, going back to what you said about Monza, I don't know a Toyota have spent much time there. So from a setup point of view, and getting ready and prepping and having uh, clearly uh, Thierry Neville driving your car in your home in rally uh, with all that experience and setup. And according to Craig, he, he, they did a fair bit of testing and setup on on the weekend on conditions that are going to be even probably well. N- n- yeah, as bad as it's going to be in November. If there's going to be ice or, uh, you know, which is a possibility in November in Belgium, I imagine. So yeah, they they certainly need to play some mind games, I think, but, uh, uh, no doubt about it. As I said, Scott Martin run first in the road and Ape, uh, is going to have a big advantage. You know what? It's, uh, it's interesting because, uh, if you look at since these regulations have come in, um, Toyota have won every single Rally Finland. And their base is just down the road. They get to test on a lot of relative uh, roads to to what we see on Rally Finland. And their base is just down the road from the rally. So, um, you know, I'm not saying that's why the, the, you know, the only reason they win every year. Obviously, they've had some very talented drivers and, um, you know, they're they're a very good team. But there's no doubt that the fact that their factory is just down the road from the rally really helps them with the adaptation. So yeah, I big clarification, big clarification around that, Jack, though, is that, you know, the old rules where they could test uh, within 50 kilometers of their base meant that, you know, they could do unlimited testing, literally driving out of the front door and onto finished roads, which in the wintertime are covered in snow. Therefore, they're competitive in Sweden and Finland, uh, unlimited tests. And that's why, you know, if you, if you look at Kala, look at how quick he got up to speed with that car because he's been driving it so much on those roads. Whereas in Alensas or whatever it's called in Frankfurt, uh, that's where Hyundai are based. So they can't do that round there. Exactly. That's, that's uh, kind of where I was going to get to with it because obviously, uh, you know, Toyota aren't really, um, you know, they're not making a big noise about the fact that Finland's been been lost in the calendar. It's not something that they're, you know, continuously bringing up. But there was a little bit of needling going on about Hyundai having a, a big advantage in, in Ypres. And I just don't think that's the case. I think the the road order is going to have such a massive implication as to, to who's on the pace in, in Ypres, especially on the first day. And then, you know, as Trevor said, you know, obviously they've done a, we've done Ypres Rally a few times with the WRC car now and have got a bit of experience of that, but it's not anywhere near amount, the amount of testing that Toyota would have got on relative roads at an event like Finland. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting topic, but I, I just don't see, um, you know, Hyundai having this automatic advantage at Ypres as some people have uh, made out in the past. I think it's a lot of it is going to depend on uh, who's first on the road. And just remember, okay. the first on the road advantage isn't going to be as strong. Uh, so clearly, Alvin, of first pass of stages, is going to have an advantage. But second pass is not going to be any different whether you're first, third, you know, in reverse running order, because all the crap will be on the road at that point anyway. Hi, everyone. This is John Desborough, commentator and presenter on the World Rally Championship. I'm hoping you've seen my debut novel, Breaking Point. If you haven't, check it out on eBay. It's a rollercoaster ride of deceit and blackmail from a golden age of the WRC. And like a good rally, it starts fast and gets faster. Breaking Point, by me, John Desborough, on eBay, now for $7.99. Trev, can I just ask a question? Um, Just aside from what we've just been discussing, 
you know, strategies now are, are, are obviously, you know, uh, as I said to Jack, everybody's got to be, I suppose, to some degree, let's, let's, let's plan for the fact that both events are going to run. Who in each team, or is it different people, you know, in your experience, who would be sat down working through the permutations of saying, for instance, you know, at the weekend, Elvin, fourth is a realistic, you know, position. That's where, you know, that's the, that, that's where we want you to aim for. Is that something that happens between the crews? Is that something between, you know, driver management? Is that something that happens between team management? You know, obviously the sport and directors and things like that now, isn't there in the teams? Who, who actually works through those permutations and and kind of well, this is where we need to be and this is where we need to be you know time wise and things like that the clever ones <laughs> <laughs> so i would say starting off with co-drivers you need to think of you know we certainly talked plenty in the past about being prepared as a co-driver and, and strategy for me has always come into that maybe that's just me but i've always thought things through bigger picture narrow it down to each each rally each leg each morning, afternoon, each stage and what we're going to do and, and making sure we've got that clear in our heads before we go. In Toyota's case, because you mentioned them, Kyle Lindstrom clearly is a very intelligent man, very good co-driver in his day, of course. Uh, so Kai would have a big input in that. And there are other really intelligent people in that team, such as Lassie Lambie. Uh, Tommy clearly will have a steer on it. And uh, and then Tom, the engineer. So it's a combination of a lot of people. But the clever thinking is usually the creative thinkers. You know, uh, in Ford, for example, over the years have been John Millington, you know, just an incredible navigator, brilliant mind. Uh, George Donaldson has always been uh, thinking things in a different way, as we know. Lappy. There's, there's loads of different people like that, but just the clever, creative people who think a little bit differently. Cool. I just find it fascinating who who it could be. Um, just on just on another front, folks. Um, we're going to do something on the juniors next week as well. Obviously, it was a bit of it was carnage for the juniors at the weekend, but we're going to do a bit of a, a, a catch up of, of where the juniors have got to through through this year, and also obviously for the remainder of the year how that's going to pan out for those guys as well. So uh, we'll know a little bit more about what we're doing with that next week anyway. Um, just just before we kind of move away from 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 Sardinia completely fellas um, just a, a couple of other bits and pieces really um, I, I, I've not we've not really mentioned him um, and I, I, Jack it, the, the there's the young Frenchman that's also been in the the high end II 20 Lube um, do you know much about the deal that he's got to be in that, I'm assuming it's a kind of, because I noticed it's even now come up as a, as a manufacturer, a bit like the way the Hyundai 2 team was a couple of years ago now, um, even in the manufacturer's points now, it's, it's kind of registered as a team. Do you know too much about that? I think it's changed through everything that's happened with the, the coronavirus as well since I last, um, since I lost, uh, spoke to the team. So I think, um, I think that's a bit of a moving target in terms of what he's up to. But yeah, like you said, he's popping up in the, uh, the different uh, team name isn't it? It's Hyundai. Is it two C competition? I think it is listed as at the minute. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, but he's done quite a few events this year, and uh, he did uh, he did the Rally Stars, the the Roma Capital event um, at the start of the season, the um, the Rally de Alba event as well, and then did Estonia, Turkey, and um, would have done San Remo or was was in San Remo anyway um, for for that event too in an R5 car. So he's been he's been almost exclusively in a WRC car this year for for them. So uh, yeah, I think um, I think there's probably um, a little bit of evaluation going on there. I thought he did well at the weekend to be honest um, with 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 where he finished and um, 
I think they'll be looking at him for for next year, and you know, with with Loeb seemingly a little bit more out of the equation, you know, I think Kyle and I are going to have uh, a few more decisions to make, aren't they, about where they go with their with their drivers? So I think he's definitely in the discussion, and definitely one who uh, will be uh, will definitely be in contention for a seat, sort of uh, a little bit more regularly than he has been this year. Boys, do we stay away from WRC two and WRC three, and just say? He won, he won in R5. <laughs> Why don't we talk about WRC 17 or something instead? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Yari Hutton in great performance, by the way. Eighth overall uh, in an R5 car. So, do, you know, um, do you know what I've started doing? Go on. So, obviously, uh, can, can we do smoke and mirrors about what the rest of the show is going to be? Yeah. Or, or do you want to keep that secret? No, 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 no. It's fine. We can, do, we, we, we can reveal it. It's, it's, it, it's been done. Yeah. So, EWRC, um, I click on the class on the results so you can filter by class as, as opposed to yep. the championship so I've just forgotten WRC3 and WRC2 exist now I just click on the R5 section um, or Rally 2 na- naughty naughty Benyon for calling it R5 uh, you should know better you should because it's Rally 2 <laughs> or Rally 4 or whatever nonsense it is now um, but yeah Yari beat uh, Kaitan Kaitanovic one of your favourite pronunciations Tony by 1 minute and 20 I love it Kaito Kaitanovic yeah, Kaitanovic. yeah. It's one of my favourites, yeah. Do you know what? I'd be interested to know what's happened to, to Pontus Steedman and, and have a bit of a chat with him and, and maybe we should get him on with the show because I think he struggled a little bit recently when he's been in the R5 car. After dropping back from the, the Fiesta WRC, I think um, his performance has been a little bit surprising because he was so dominant in his WRC2 season, really. And then, um, you know, Cali, obviously... But, uh, but, I think, but I think there's an element to the fact that He's trying to win WRC two. Maybe. So I think he was. I think he won WRC two. Yeah, he's won it three times in a row it's or something. It, so he? he's won it. So so basically, all all, all 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 he's doing is 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 doing what he needs to do to win that. Yeah, class. maybe that maybe that's it. I just I just I just find it an interesting uh, you know kind of topic because like I said he you know he's so dominant in that year he won WRC two and then Cali gave him a little bit of a hiding in places in in his season and then um, you know like you said maybe he's uh, maybe he's just making sure he gets everything done to to try and win the championship this year. Yeah, but, he, yeah. he's won he's won three times. In two seconds, so yeah, or two thirds, I should say. Yeah. So yeah, he's got a big advantage over Matt Osberg. Yeah, so he doesn't need to get sucked into that that that, that world, basically. Um, so he's. But again, what what what's the point of that? He's won it before. I just uh, anyway, I'm not going to go down the point of Steedman. They've clearly got a good strategy for that. Yeah, driver. Well, they're, that doing, they're doing something, aren't they? Clearly, there's something's going on there. But um, still, there you go. Um, as I say, for we always we always work on the proviso. You always know the results of this stuff, so we're never we're never going to break results soon and stuff like that. But uh, we just kind of wanted to chew over some of the other bits and pieces. Danny Sordo won the rally. Danny Sordo won the rally. Uh, he's a tarmac specialist, though. <laughs> Don't start him. He's a tarmac specialist. Talk talk about Sardinia. You want to go back to 2005, that year I was telling you about, and you'll see just how quick Danny Sordo was against Chris Meek. Chris Meek uh, was seen, uh, Danny Sordo back then was seen as a tarmac specialist, and he absolutely blitz Chris and won Junior World Championship, or whatever it was called back then. Uh, so <laughs> it's quite fitting on that event that he, uh, he won it for the second year in a row, and two-thirds of his wins are on gravel now. To be fair, I think most people have kind of stopped with the whole tarmac specialist thing now, but um, maybe they'll start calling him a Sardinia specialist instead. Yeah, there you go. Mm. That, that, that's, that, that's the way it has to be. Well, he's won the last two, so yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think, I, I think Danny, Danny will be one of those careers, um, and we don't know what the, you know, we don't know what the future. Is, is going to be for, for any of the WRC teams at the moment. We're, we're all still up in the air, but 
you know, uh, whether Danny will have a drive next year, whether it'll be a part drive or, you know, because we, 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 we just don't know. But, um, to me, he's going to be probably one of the best drivers that, that didn't win a championship because he did the honors so much for his teammate over the years. Um, ironically, he didn't do this weekend, but I'm just thinking back to maybe his early years where he, where clearly he was a, a, a defined number two. I think, I think he'll go down in, in the, in the benefit of got looking back in, 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 in the sands of time, looking backwards is one of the best drivers that didn't win a championship. Still. There's, a, there's only one way to, to decide this. Go on. Paper, you, can, scissors. you can look into the stats, but Danny Sordo does not appear in the top 10, uh, highest number of retirements. So he must be quite good at getting to the end of rallies. Um, he is in the top five for a number of starts. He's in the top 10 for the number of points but he's not in the top 10 for number of podiums. So I think, uh, I think Gary Boyd needs to uh, delve into this and tell us exactly how good Danny Sordo is. Cause he's the only man, that, he's, the, he's the only man who can do it. There's a challenge. There's a challenge for you, Gary. I know you're listening. There you go. We'll leave that one with you. We'll leave that one with you. Um, a couple of other bits and pieces, boys. Um, we, we debated it at length last week. Obviously Monza now is going to be around a bit. I don't really want to cover old ground. We have got two more, uh, we've got two more events. If, uh, I don't know, um, I think there was a story on, uh, with Elvin, I think talking on Dirtfish or something like that saying, you know, everybody's at the same point scoring opportunities. If this was it, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to carry the crown as it were, Trev, uh, as is. But if you, when you're fighting for a championship like this, maybe it's just me, but there's, there's, there'd be a part of me when, when, when somebody adds another event where you think I've only got one more to go. You know, it, it, probably before all this, you know, Ypres, I've got one more to go. I can get through Ypres and then all of a sudden Monza gets trotted out. Well, I think, for God's sake, and it's another one now. Are they going to throw another one on as well? I don't think, uh, if we're talking about Elvin, I don't think he's worried about it. He just cracks on, does the next stage. Um, all of that, you know, all the talk, all the pressure, everybody seems to think it should be under going into each of these rallies. Clearly it'll affect him somewhere, but no better man than Elvin just to crack on and focus on the next stage, get through that, next stage, get through that. Um, yeah, as, as I said before the rally, you know, anybody coming out at the end of these rallies in the lead of the championship has definitely got a big psychological advantage. I think so. I think so. And um, boys, we're at the bit of, of any other business, believe it or not. Can you believe we've got to this point and we, we, we're at any other business? Have you got anything else, Jack, before we get to your official any other business, by the way? No, happy to crack on. Okay, that's it. There you go. Uh, Trevor Agnew, I, I, have you got yours? I have, yeah. Okay, you go then. All right. It's great to see on the 2021 calendar that there is a slot for Rally Great Britain, whatever that may entail. It's a little asterisk beside it. <laughs> uh, so that little asterisk means if we can afford to run it effectively. So the emphasis seems to be bringing it to the island of Ireland and particularly Rally Northern Ireland. And there's all sorts of uh, things happening behind the scenes to try and get that rally there and to continue this streak of having a round of the world championship in the UK, especially if Elvin and Scott do go on and win the championship. Wouldn't it be brilliant that we actually had a round in their home country for the following year? And I think that's that's it. If we don't get it in Northern Ireland, we are going to lose it. And if we lose it, what I can gather is going to be hard... Uh, pressure to get it back again. So what does it come down to? It comes down to the government in the UK and particularly local government in Northern Ireland understanding the value of having a huge sporting event come to the island. 
And we've seen in the past where the Giro d'Italia, we've seen where the tall ships even, which attracts a phenomenal amount of people. And more recently, the Open Golf, which was heavily oversubscribed. And the legacy of that with golfers coming back, uh, COVID pending, of course, uh, is a huge business model and very successful at work. So I think the challenge that we have going forward with Rally Northern Ireland is trying to get uh, that business case across, but more importantly, trying to get the balance right between uh, bringing a rally, a motorsport event to the island, which we clearly need something to look forward to, and there'll be money ring-fenced to, to bring tourism back, and tourism is a huge part of Northern Ireland, as we know, and the, the whole of the island of Ireland. But we have to balance that with the man in the street understanding the value in that and how bringing that money into the country. So there's a challenge ahead, but what would be horrible if we didn't just get over the line with the funding for it? And we lost out by a dozen, you know, it's a huge amount of money in, in, in some people's terms, whatever it was, half a million or a million pounds, and we lost out by having a round of the World Rally Championship in the UK by a amount like that. That would be very frustrating. So, uh, um, you know, it, it, it's. I think it's going to happen. Hope springs eternal, um, and we just we just hope that we can get over the line with it. Do you know the the only thing I don't know whether Jack wants to add into that, but I'll just quickly jump in. The only thing I'd say about that, and and listen, it'll be great. We end up with a you know an event still being in the UK. It's a very different event. It's you know it, it's it's it'll be a tarmac rally. Obviously, um, is that. I honestly believe once this has gone from Wales, it'll, it won't come back. I think that's a, a, a fair point. And, um, you know, there's been a lot made about the ministerial changes and stuff like that. I think, uh, rallying had some support from, from some ex ministers in, in Wales that have now gone. And, uh, it's a, a complicated situation for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I think we can hark on about Wales, can't we, all day? And, um, I think at least two of the three of us would prefer that Rally GB happen in Wales than, than in Northern Ireland. But um, I think for for me, there's no point, um, you know, talking about things you can't change and you can't affect. And, for, you know, Wales has, has given the WRC so much and when it didn't have to, um, you know, using its uh, its tourism budget to, to keep the rally coming back. And, you know, I think all I'd like to do is, is say thank you to Wales for the years that it did that it did give rather than talking about the ones that it won't. But for, for Northern Ireland, I think, um, you know, people might not be as familiar with Northern Irish roads as, uh, you know, around the world, our, our global listeners, but you can be sure that you're going to get a fantastic rally if it does go there. That's absolutely for sure. And I still, to this day, have never seen, um, you know, drivers with eyes wider than at the end of the Glen stage on the uh, circuit of Ireland a few years back. And uh, Freddie Arling called it the, the unemployer of tarmac. Um, that stage, which is just one of the best quotes I've ever heard from a driver, um, call, calling a tarmac road on employer is uh, pretty, uh, a pretty big uh, claim, I'd say. And Craig Breen will talk about that stage all day if we're getting back on the podcast. So maybe that's something to do. But <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. Go on, Jack. You give us your any other business as you're speaking. Um, I, I was just blown away by uh, some exhausts coming up through a bonnet. <laughs> You got any idea what I'm talking about? We're talking about uh, we're talking about Travis Pastrana's new Subaru that uh, the guys in Vermont Sports Car have built. I'm guessing we are absolutely. If you've not seen it, my only other business is to go and do yourself a favour and lock yourself in a dark room for a, for an hour or two and just enjoy the splendour of the new uh, Subaru that Travis Pastrana is going to drive in the latest Jim Carner. It's a bit weird that Ken Block's not going to drive, but. Um, 
if anyone's going to replace him, then it may as well be Travis Pastrana, right? So, um, do, you know what, do you know the only thing I'll say? And I actually had a bit of a chat with with, with our own Ryan Champion about this the other day. Uh, I can't quite get my head around the fact that the wheels look really small on it, but the wheels on this on the even on the gravel cars on on, on the ARA Championship. For some reason, the wheels look really small in those wheel arches. They do. They do look a bit small, but I think uh, overall, I think it works. But uh, to be honest, I'm just, I'm just kind of enjoying the whole, um, the the fact that we're still getting souped up Subarus every now and again. Because obviously, we don't get the road cars anymore. But you know, the, the David um, David Higgins' Subaru that he used on the Isle of Man set that record a few years back, and um, and and Mark Higgins. Sorry, Mark Higgins. Sorry, Mark. Um, Get your Higgins right. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> always a problem. But to be fair, I always joke to the two of them that I get their names mixed up all the time, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think the the, the 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 car that went round the Isle of Man was just absolutely spectacular, and this is just another one to to add to the the kind of bucket list of Subarus. And it's just uh, you know not seeing them regularly in the in the WRC anymore, even if they are they are in the ARA, which is obviously great. Um, you know, it's just fantastic to, to still see. Um, you know, crazy Subarus out there, and just really enjoy that as a as a rally fan, even if it's not a particularly a, a rally car by the look of it. No, but as you say, great fun. It was actually going to be my any other business, so um, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to say times two. I'm going to say I'm really excited about the next part of the podcast. Not that it's any disrespect to Jack and and Trev, but um, we've been talking to the guys at EWRC. For, for ages about coming on and to say they were reluctant was an understatement because um, Thomas who's one of the main guys behind it just doesn't really seek any kind of publicity um, he just wants all the energies and all the attention to go to the website and he's also very very conscious of the fact of how many people it takes to to actually keep it going um, so um, uh, genuinely the next part of this podcast um is something that we've been trying to do for ages because we were just fascinated to hear or, or to ask the questions really to say you know why what what are you trying to do next where, where does it go you know what what else can happen with it um so to actually get him on and get him in a situation where he's comfortable to talk took a little bit of took a little bit of prodding and probing and we have to thank our own Ryan champion for this because he's been kind of stalking him a little bit I think for the last 12 or 18 months to do it so uh, so my any other business kind of leads into the next part of the podcast in all honesty so that's a bit of a cheat but I'm, I'm going to run with it uh, because as Jack says it's my train set um, Jack and Trev thank you for the for, for, for joining us at the top of the podcast hey, you're welcome Thanks for us. anytime so it's Always good to chat. Folks, we're going to go to a little break, and then, as I say, we're going to come back with this fascinating feature on EWRC. This is Absolute Rally. Whether it's the pressures of service or an issue out on the stages, it's vital to have the right equipment to hand. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for the world of motorsport and are being used throughout all forms of competition. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. Hello everyone, welcome back to the final section of Absolute Rally. Hope you've enjoyed uh, the top of the podcast so far. Obviously, if you've not got involved in the Kielder competition, now is probably the time to do it because uh, we are going to be drawing it in the next week or two and all will be revealed anyway. So um, you've probably heard of us make reference to various websites that we refer to and, and probably the biggest website, I think anybody who covers rallying, whether it's podcasts, whether it's the guys at WRC, whatever it may be, is now we, we the go-to website for everybody is EWRC.com. And it's a fantastic source. Um, and the 
work and the effort that goes in behind it is is, is phenomenal. Um, but we wanted to get the, the man who was who, who was, I suppose, at the head of it all, really, and um, and and talk to him about, I suppose, how it came about, and, and I suppose the efforts and the energies that go into keeping it going. So, uh, Thomas, welcome to Absolute Rally for the first time. Hi, Ryan. Thank you for. Your opportunity to present uh, our project and then to talk about it. Well, well, listen, uh, it, it's a fantastic project. I know Ryan was probably one of the first people who probably started using it the way he uses it on our podcast. So I suppose it's only <laughs> fair for me to let Ryan <laughs> ask some of the questions to at least begin with. Yeah, I mean, uh, Thomas, I, I've been using EWRC as a, as a reference. I mean, uh, as anybody who listens to the podcast knows, I'm, I'm quite a big fan of rally history, of rally cars. And so for me, your your website is just a, an incredible source of material. But but take us right back to the beginning. I mean, it's a, a big website now, and we'll come to that in a while. But, but where did it start? How did it start? Uh, it was uh, 2005 when I started to work for Czech uh, rally website, WRCCZ, and uh, I started, let's say, to be, uh, let's say, main, main people on this project, and then I found I'm missing some, some uh, project for a result, online result. And uh, I found I need it, and I started uh, to develop some, let's say, only online results on, on this time. Yeah, so 2005, I started some development. I must say, uh, I have no knowledge about how to do because I'm not a programmer. I, I, st- I have to learn all about it. And let's say 2006, Rally uh, Monte Carlo was the first event uh, we used in, uh, this this system. But really, really, our project in this time only online. Yes, for online results because. Um, in this time, 15 years ago, uh, uh, was very difficult to find some some online results. I must say. So I started, let's say, to to create our, our project. But uh, let's say very soon I found uh, that uh, should be more useful to use it as a database. Yes, because uh, in this time also I found there is uh, no project like like this to to collect all data. So soon, I, very soon, I started to de- another development, and uh, I started to to add results from from history. Let's say mainly mainly WRC events, but uh, sure, I I started ERC and other other one. So it's 15 years of of <laughs> development and and let's say daily hard work. I mean, I'm sure because it's obviously evolved massively from that. And it, and it really brings me to two questions from that. Um, you're well known for your results service and and the sheer number of rallies you, you cover now is, is amazing. But, um, you know, just how how do you collate so many results and, and so accurately as well? Because, um, I mean, honestly, when uh, WRC were having results with with uh, WRC was having issues with their results. Yours were always accurate. I mean, how do you have such an amazing results service and even better than some of the official channels? Uh, Without giving away all your secrets, obviously. <laughs> of course, uh, it is uh, some of our know-how, let's say, yes. But, of course, uh, I must say this is uh, not only my job. Yes, we have a team of of uh, of people really 
involved for many years uh, in really all around the world and they my team is i don't know maybe 20 30 people yes and they are they are really helping me to to collect all data so let's say for some online results we have some know-how we have some cooperation with some uh, organizers with some events but uh, i think the most important uh, part of our our project is really this this database archive yes online result of course is first uh, what you want to see but but this so let's say database as a as a call as a archive is yes. uh, yeah. is uh, let's say the most important and i must say also this is the biggest challenge we have because to to find to get uh, very old results is the main problem we have as to get if we will get we can we can easily out but we must find and must receive in some way and then we can we can out uh, and and i guess that's something we'll uh, we'll certainly put out to to anybody who's listening to this podcast you know to dig out those old results and and check ewrc and and see if they're there already and if not we'll we'll try and get those results to you because as you said this this database is growing rally on rally um year on year i see you've added some old rse rally results recently and and it is an incredible source not not just of you know looking at the results looking at the history of of drivers and and core drivers um you know, what's uh, is there a next step? How how do you see it developing over over the coming years? Uh, our project is still developing. Yes, we have still some idea how to more develop. Of course, uh, the most important is to get data. Yes, uh, with data you can uh, think about next steps. So let's say now we have some. Uh, project. I cannot uh, say now what is it, but this is a very interesting project with. Uh, uh, oh, I can say now <laughs> uh, it is it is secret still, but maybe in next weeks will be official. Uh, as we will we will maybe maybe provide uh, some some our data to some, let's say, uh, official official company let's say for something so this is, <laughs> really i'm i'm it is it is secret still yes uh, will be will be maybe announced and then in the next week also we have uh, another idea which we want to let's say finish till end of this year also will be let's say big step but uh, uh, let's say uh our main target is to continue adding, let's say, even the results and uh, to to provide the more the best stats uh, about really uh, which we can we can do. This is never-ending job, I must say. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> because uh, our our target is to is to uh, collect all all events all around the world. Yes, to to include all. Wow. Yes, this year, of course, last year, and even even in history. So this is never-ending job for sure, for many many events not possible to 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 find result. I must say, for example, in Czech Republic, I think uh, we have the best 
history already in in our database, but still for some reason for some events uh, not possible to get get the results. So we have some parts only, some winners, some entries. Yes, but uh, I must say this is challenge. This never-ending job for me for for my team. So, but we we really love our job. I must say. Well, and and you do an amazing job, as as we say. We, you know, there's so many of us uh, just just use it so regularly. And you've already said, you know, a team of twenty, thirty people working on this. I see. I think you have twelve languages now that you uh, that that you cover. Um, this obviously also costs money. You know, people cost money. Uh, time costs money. Uh, we've seen you uh, trying to raise funding a, a couple of times, and I guess you always want to try and make this a free service. But uh, will there be elements in the future that we may have to pay for just just to help you produce this database? Uh, this is a good question. For for many years, uh, I'm looking for some way how to. Uh, find find money for this project. This uh, project needs some money for sure. For sure, there are some cost on on, on server side and, and etc. But uh, uh, let's say main main target is to to be to get more people involved. Yes, for for, for of course my 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 dream is some. Let's say five people uh, is working with me on full-time job, like, like full-time job. So far, only only me is working for full-time job, uh, and uh, my team, or my team is just uh, just let's say their fans in free time they are working. Let's say, yeah. So wow. so so let's say to to make some another steps to to be to be more professional. Uh, we should uh, make step to 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 find money to really involve more people for full time job. Then we can we can think about uh, next step. Of course, it's this common. Yes. So uh, I must say big thank you to all funds who supporting us in uh, donations. Really, uh, we are looking for a long time for some way how to how to monetize our project. Now we have some. Some uh, let's say contracts with with some factory teams, uh, so they are supporting us. Uh, we are providing them some special special data. So looking for some way, of course, uh, the best way for us should be some some general partner. I must say, as uh, really involved in, in ready for a long time, who is interested. Uh, and who love our project. Is that something which you thought, Thomas, that would be the way the website would end up going? You, you just mentioned about offering services to obviously some of the teams and things like that. Was that something which has come about uh, organically from the fact of what the website provides? Or was there, was that the end game was to be in a position where you could, you could offer data to teams? Uh, it, it is every time very difficult to discuss about it because uh, question is main question is about about let's say price about our data yes because uh, let's say we have there there is nothing nothing else like like this project and but this is of course very difficult to find some way how to make profit 
Yes, for this project, of course, there are some some banners. For the so it's, like, it's like a podcast. Trust me, it's like a podcast, <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> so, so to do it just for profit is, let's say, nonsense. Yes, no no meaning to do it just for some big profit. Yes, we we surviving, but we love it. But uh, it's difficult. It's difficult to to say somebody there will be big profit. If you will our partner. You will. That there is let's say no profit possible. Yeah, I think so. I think no, so. I, I can yes. relate to it, Thomas. Try doing a podcast for ten years as well. <laughs> I can it, I, it, I feel your pain. I feel yes. your pain. Absolutely. Uh, I'm working on it for let's say 15 years and uh, I love it. Uh, really, uh, this is my let's say dream come true. Uh, but uh, uh, I know about many more projects to do with some profit. But I, I, I love Ferrari, so I, I'm doing this, and I'm happy. Okay. Well, when, when you when you when you crack the secret, if you could let me know, please, Thomas, uh, that would be <laughs> a big help uh, to me with the podcast as well. But um, if I can just ask, uh, I suppose I know Ryan's kind of asked this question, but if we if we could give you the dream scenario where you could have you know the the, the full time, where where can the website go? I suppose what what's the next steps? Is it to be the official supplier of results to team? It's you know to to championships and things like that. Is that where you'd like to see this go? Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, uh, I want to cooperate in this way with uh, all all companies, organizers, uh, everybody. We we made some system. I think a very good system, very good project, and. Uh, Providing, let's say, to all rally community. Yes. Uh, so I think rally rally is a very special special motorsport. Yes. If you you have, for, for example, Formula One, but uh, how many how many even per year? Yes. This is just just I don't know now eighteen nineteen I don't know yes even per year. And so you can easily make statistics about about uh, this this motorsport. But really, it's very big community, many levels, many national championships, with really many different levels from national championships to to some amateur rally. And we want to cover all in in everywhere. So I I think uh, the rally community is the biggest one in in, in the world. So. Can I? I think you agree. You, you know it. You know about it. I yeah, absolutely. Can, can, can I ask a question? Obviously, your background from from the sake of, of of competition. What what was what was your introduction? I suppose were you were you driving? Were you co-driving? You know, were you dealing with results services which you think I can do this better? You know, what what what's your background? Uh, you can you can find me in the database too. <laughs> okay, I should have looked. There. I should have looked. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there. Uh, I have uh, one start as a co-driver. Okay. And uh, some one original already second place overall. Uh, so not not bad, but uh, it was, uh, just occasional. Uh, say with my with, with my friend and uh, let's say uh, I don't want. Uh, to, to be driver or co-driver, maybe yes, in next years, uh, but uh, for sure, 
I, I'm, I'm too old to, to, to start some career, yes. <laughs> I, I know where is my position, where I'm, I'm usable for, for everyone. So I don't, I don't want to be a co-driver. I also, uh, uh, was, uh, I don't know, for five years about some photographer on, on already. But, uh, now I must say, uh, special, my, my, my weekend is, uh, is online. Yes, everywhere, every time, each, each week, especially weekend, I'm online. My family is not happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I, I'm online because we, as you know, we have many online, 10, 15 online events uh, per weekend. And uh, even if we have some, of course, know-how, as I said, uh, I must be online and, and to check all and this uh, not only only I'd say by, by by some scrapes or something. This is really, really uh, manually work also. And of course, for example, all all uh, entries for all events must be let's say written um, manually, because uh, for example, in, in in Sweden we have about I don't know twenty Michael Johanssons. Yes, and and <laughs> who who is who? <laughs> It's not easy. Yes, uh, looks like very easy, but uh, we know it is very, very difficult. A very difficult job to 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 find who is who and uh, who started, and of course um, to identify cars and uh, and everything. Uh, so I don't know what is it uh, free weekend. Just just on that, uh, Thomas. I mean, I'm I'm sure it is very difficult, and people. Uh, are always very quick to criticize. I'm sure lots of people get in touch to say, oh, you've got my results wrong. You've got them mixed up with the, the other, the other person of the same name. And, uh, but, uh, you know, obviously you're, you're keen to get the data accurate. So, um, you know, what's, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they want to tell you about their cars, about their rallies, about maybe some results that are a little bit different to what you have listed? How, how would you like to get people to get in touch with you? Uh, I must say it is, it is uh, daily, daily, this communication with, uh, with uh, drivers, uh, with uh, teams, because for, uh, for example, for teams is uh, very important to have correct uh, reason of retirement. Yes, because they, they are providing car and uh, there is, for example, written uh, a reason of retirement is accident. So they are not happy because they, their car is uh, with, with accident. Yes, for yes. For example, they say, oh, no accident, just uh, lost the wheel or something. Yes, uh, okay, just, just suspension uh, problem, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just suspension problem or uh, personal or medical or something. So, so the, really daily, uh, I have, say, my mailbox is full of some, some comments, but uh, let's say we are happy. Yes, we want to... We want to be accurate as much as possible. Uh, so, so we are happy. So, uh, I would like to ask all drivers, co-drivers, teams, if they are not, uh, let's say, happy with what is written there for, for in profiles or something, or if uh, they would like to to add a profile photo, day of birth, or something like this. Please contact us uh, on our our web is uh, is uh, let's say contact list, so you can contact me or uh, somebody else from my team, for example from your country. So so please contact us. Uh, 
don't hesitate. We are happy to to do everything for you. We can, of course, we can. But we don't want to lie, let's say. So if really we know it was accident, there will be accident. Yes, we don't want to lie. Right, Thomas. Um, I can't thank you enough for not only joining us, um, but also uh, providing the service that you provide genuinely. Um, and I'd be staggered if any of our listeners don't know about your service because we make reference to it so much. And obviously... Uh, as you say, the community is 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 strong, and everybody seems to make reference to it now, which must be a dream scenario for you. So, so thank you for that. But uh, by sheer virtue of somebody who's been living on the moon for the last ten years, and they've just joined this podcast <laughs> to start listening to it, what's the best way of reaching out to you guys if they want to help, or if they, you know, and, and genuinely, you know, whether it's their time or whether it's their money, what's the best way of reaching out? Uh, maybe, maybe. The most important, uh, I'd say, item for us is I would like to ask old, especially old drivers and co-drivers to, if they have old uh, results, old results, let's say 80, from 80, 70, let's say 30, 40 years ago. Yes, really very wow. old one. Not published yet on our website. It means probably we don't have. So if you have, let's say, yes, check, check your home and uh, let's say scan, for example, scan for us and send us. Yes, because okay. we need this, especially this one, this one, uh, because I know uh, these old drivers, co-drivers are very old, <laughs> let's say for, and usually for uh, their children. Such documents are useless. Yeah. So, what they will do? Waste. For them, it is waste. But for for a real community, it's let's say treasure. So, if they have and released even to results, please scan or contact us. How to do? Scan, send us. We will be happy to add. Of course, we, for us, it is another job, but we want to do it. We want to collect all data since we will be all lost yeah and so so especially uh, if i can ask uh, especially old drivers co-drivers or their uh, children please please check what you have in your home and if you can provide please contact us and we will discuss how to do brilliant thomas thank you so much again for your time uh, not only on the podcast but also you and your team for putting together the fantastic EWRC.com folks that has been episode 9 season 21 this week uh, share the love spread the word as ever if you could leave us a review on iTunes that always makes a great deal of difference to us at the moment uh, when we're coming to the end of the season these things do help us so if you could do that five star reviews are greatly received uh, and we'll be back same time same place in the podcast hall next week absolute rally Powered by the Kielder Works team. Spread the word and download the podcast every week.